Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're tuned into DC's DFS Challenge with Dan Mater and Chris Pinto. Live on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Hey, yo, and welcome back into the DC's DFS Challenge show, the last edition of the show, as we will be cutting off until September after this. But before we do, we got the DraftKings lineup cards, the NBA bets for you guys, and Chaz Florida coming on in the second half of the show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Maynard, joined here with Chris Dowhauer to talk about our DraftKings lineup today. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Can't believe it's our last week for basketball. It is indeedy. Of course, it's not the last week of the NBA playoffs, but it is going to be the last week because this will be the last giveaway, the last DC's DFS Challenge tournament for you guys to join and have potential to win a championship football souvenir from Mr. Chaz Filardi. Definitely worth the time, especially since it's a free tournament that you, of course, can click on the links in the comments no matter where you're watching this or listening to this right now on social media at Belly Up Fantasy or at WWSRN for the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This tournament is actually going to encompass Sunday and Monday, so we won't have a winner until Tuesday because we're going to have two games, of course, back-to-back nights coming up. So that gives us a little more options than we normally would have. It was just on a Sunday, so that's the good news there. Before we break down our lineup cards, though, we got to give a big shout out to our sponsor of the day, which is Manscaped. And summer is here. But are you ready to unveil your beach bod? You're in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The 4.0. Compliment your dad bod or six pack with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. So join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Go ahead and check that out now because there's no time to waste for the beach. It's hot, and we can all get tan together. Chris, you've been enjoying the NBA playoffs so far. I've been enjoying the conference finals so far on both east and the west yeah i think for the most part i mean like i said uh, i've been just a little disappointed of the teams that are remaining i'm not a big fan of any of the remaining teams necessarily but it has been really good basketball it's been kind of exciting to see teams go back and forth in a sense um the clippers seem to do whatever they're not, not supposed to do they win when they're not supposed to win 
They lose when they're supposed to win. So, you know, they kind of been keeping it interesting. And then Milwaukee just blew the crap out of Atlanta the other day. So that was pretty, pretty eye-opening. Um, we've been picking against Atlanta almost every series so far. And finally, you know, Atlanta's kind of basically keeps advancing somehow, some way. Yeah, I'm wondering if Milwaukee figures something out with Atlanta the other day. Of course, though, there was times where I felt like the Sixers figured something out and Atlanta was able to rebound as well. So it's going to be interesting, like you said, the back and forth. It seems like both these teams are able to go toe-to-toe with each other. It doesn't seem necessarily the games themselves are always that close, although the first Milwaukee-Atlanta game was pretty close. But well, it seems Suns like game was the pretty series close, will be close. The Suns yeah. game was pretty close the other night, too. But for the most part, it seems like the, the series are closed, but the game's not always necessarily the same way. Yeah, I agree. And like I said, the only games I've been pretty excited, I mean, the Clippers had some nail biters there. You know, the Eaton, uh, Ali Upa did, you know, before the game went off. And then the other night when the Clippers did Yeah, that was a win. highlight of all highlights, wasn't it? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, and then the Clippers, you know, the other night, they didn't, they didn't necessarily blow out the Suns. The Suns basically just couldn't hit the broad side of the bar with Chris Paul back. Yeah, and Chris Paul looked maybe a little rusty, but I expect that will wear off. <laughs> oh, no, that will wear off. Yeah, I know. I saw all the memes of, like Chris Paul's playing like Cliff Paul actually out there, but <laughs> I, I suspect he'll be able to get together going into the next game. We'll see. Yeah, her, but you good? Because they hopefully Booker does too with the mask and kind of, kind of he he kind of said it wasn't the mask that kind of threw a shot off, but he didn't look the same either. No, neither one of them did. I expect a big rebound from both of them. I still expect the Suns to win that series at the end of the day, but it will be interesting to see if they can get both back on track. And if that mask is going to continue affecting Devin Booker to a significant level, because he could say it's not the mask or not. The only thing that's different about him is that mask. So I would definitely say it's affected him at least to some degree. We'll see if he's able to make an adjustment in the next game. So going into the DC's DFS Challenge Tournament, what is your lineup? So I started off with Reggie Jackson at the point guard position. Jackson has been pretty much the other primary score without Kawhi Leonard being, you know, injured. Continue, he'll be continue to be out from the game four. Um, we don't know if Kawhi's coming back at all for this series. But in the meantime, Reggie Jackson has been kind of their second scoring punch to Paul George. He gets some assists here or there, but primarily I'm adding to my lineup because he's pretty cheap at $6,100 and he's able to knock down baskets and knock down some shots for the Clippers. Like I said, um, coming off from decent DFS games back to back, so I'm, I'm riding. I'm sorry, $6,600, I should say. Uh, But still a good value, I think, for the point guard position. Yeah, I also have Randy Jackson in my lineup. I have my two-guard spot instead of the point guard. But for the same reasons you just pointed out, the minutes, of course, have been there, especially with no Kawhi. His floor has essentially been 34 fantasy points. And he's been on a roll ever since Utah, frankly. He had 54, 39, 36, 33. He is a value at $6,600. You don't have to necessarily pay top dollar, but you are going to get a very good fantasy performance out of this guy just out of necessity if nothing else yeah maybe booker should borrow his goggles or his glasses or yeah. sunglasses he wears because since, since ray jackson's wearing those glasses he's been unstoppable this year so, this is what i can do when i can see the floor <laughs> so at my two car position i roll with paul george um paul george like i said has basically been the alpha in the clippers with Kawhi out, he's been putting up different num- up great numbers. He scores, he rebounds, he has the ball in his hands a lot more. So I'm riding with Paul George. I'm hoping for another big game out of him. Uh, the Clippers kind of go as Paul George goes. And even if he shoots not so great, he does, definitely fills up the stat sheet overall. It's hard to argue with Paul George. You never know what kind of Paul George you're going to get necessarily from these playoff games, and that kind of dictates whether or not the Clippers win. But from a fantasy standpoint, He's pretty much as solid as all the superstars come from the floor to ceiling ratio. Uh, just because, again, 
he's the focal point. If the Clippers win, if the Clippers do anything, it has to flow through Paul George against the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, and I mean, he hasn't talked about a good floor. He hasn't scored below 41 points in the DFS over, I think, the past three weeks, two or three weeks now. Um, he's been averaging about 50 to 60 points DFS-wise, so I'm going to ride Paul George as much as I can in this lineup. Um, yeah, and my small forward, yeah, and my small forward position, I'm going with Cam Johnson because I save a little bit of money for my lineup. Um, Johnson's been getting some solid production. Uh, he's putting up similar numbers to Crowder, similar numbers to Bridges, and similar numbers to you know Batum and more. So when I look at the value, I feel like he's a guy that has a bit a little cheaper than some of those players I just mentioned, but also putting up similar numbers. So why not ride the guy who's been you know, for the cheaper value putting them the same thing? I, too, have Cameron Johnson at my small forward position, $4,200. To your point, is a value there because he's been getting actually more minutes, had 24 minutes both first two games and 30 minutes in this past game, and he has about a range of about 20 or so plus fantasy points. So I have $4,200 to be able to pay down somewhere to get solid enough value to be able to pay up otherwhere. Uh, otherwhere. Uh, Cameron Johnson is a guy who is a nice little plug and piece play to be able to fill out the rest of your lineup at a pretty good level. Yeah. And that guy who's been knocking down the shot was late. So in the last couple of games, he's been basically open. He's been hitting it. So as a guy like uh, best kind of struggling shooting the ball right now, Cam Johnson has not been. So I'm going to ride the guy kind of hot. Yeah, I agree with that as a nice little value play there. I'm um, at the power four position. I'm, I'm going my superstar Giannis. Uh, Giannis didn't get as many minutes as I would have hoped because they blew out in Atlanta. We'll see how close this game is. But I feel like right now, Atlanta Swiss cheese in the middle. Nobody can stick him when he wants to attack the basket. He's going to fill it up, you know, with rebounds and scoring. So Giannis, to me, is the guy that you definitely want to ride if you can get in your lineup and you can afford to do so. He's the superstar player. He's the guy that kind of makes Milwaukee go. And like I said, I think he's a mismatch um, waiting to happen for Atlanta. They have nobody can really stick him right now. Yeah, the key is being able to afford to put him in your lineup and other getting other guys around. That's why guys like Cameron Johnson are so important. And yeah, Giannis is all he has to do is to stay aggressive. I mean, he has these games sometimes where he decides that he doesn't want to be aggressive that day. I don't know why that happens, what the mindset is, but that's the only as long as Giannis is aggressive, there is nobody on Atlanta who can truly stop him. No, and he's the guy that I trust the most in Milwaukee's lineup right now. I mean, Middleton's all over the place. Holiday had a crappy game one, but it was great in game two, so you're not really sure what you're going to get. You know Giannis is going to, as long as he's in the lineup, he's going to score, he's going to be productive, he's going to rebound. So you're, you have a guy that you know is basically money in the bank. Absolutely. At the center position, I'm going Zubak. Um, Zubak's been you know having a really nice little run here the last two games especially. I'm a little nervous because I feel like every time I figure out, I think I know Ty Lue's rotation, he screws me. Um, so I'm hoping Zubak doesn't get like five minutes all of a sudden this game because it seems to be Ty Lue just changes his line just because, and minutes just because. Um, so, but I am right now, this guy shouldn't be on the bench. He has been averaging a double-double since he's been in the starting lineup. He has actually been play, outplaying DeAndre Ayton in a lot of ways. And I think with Moore still banged up, you know, the minutes should be there and the production should still be there. He's been able to make an impact when he is on the floor, to your point. Yeah, Tyron Lou, you know, if he wants to play small ball, suddenly Zubak's not going to be in there. And it's just a matter of, you know, it doesn't even seem like it's necessarily game flow. It's just whatever he decided to do before tip-off that day. So that's the only kind of Jekyll and Hyde thing you kind of have to deal with. But Zubak's also a value there at the center position, too, and a guy that you know is going to make an impact as long as he's on the floor. And you have to think after the last game, they would stick with having him there as well. Yeah, I mean... Like I said, uh, when you look at the lineup, they, they played Boogie a lot that first game, and Cousins was pretty productive, and then played decent decent amount of minutes the second game, didn't play at all last game. 
So you really never know with Ty Lue when it comes to the bigs. But Zubox is coming off of a 15 and 16 game, 15.16 rebounds and a 14 and 11 game. So, I mean, you can't not play him with the value, in my my, my opinion. I can't disagree with that there. Um, at the, the guard position, um, I'm going with Terrence Mann. More of a gut feel. I think that Terrence Mann returned to the starting lineup after last week. Now, once again, Ty Lue's lineup, it could be different tomorrow. Who knows? But they were productive playing with Mann. Um, I expect Mann to have a decent game. I don't think he's ever going to have the 39-point game we had in your know, last series. But I do think that when it comes to a guy who can actually knock down shots, get some steals, get some different things to you know, add up on the stat sheet for you, he's a good play. Um, I like his defensive play. I like his ability to kind of you know, create. So I think he's got an opportunity to have a decent game, a decent floor. I'm hoping for more upside than we've gotten in the last couple of games. But I think you know, 16 to 25 DFS points is something you're kind of looking at for the value. Yeah, he's somebody that I contemplate putting in my lineup as well. I ultimately decided not to do it. No, I, he really he's kind of fallen back down to earth after that huge game that he had a week ago, I believe, at this point. But that is a value play to go with. Again, it's considering where your price range is to the points that you're expecting. In his case, uh, refresh my memory, I believe he's about 3,200 or something like that. He's 4,600. 4,600, um, excuse me. But he, when you look at the other values of the guys... The guys that basically aren't in a rotation, so you kind of have you pick your poison. You could pat, you could ride with a Patrick Beverly, you could ride with a Rondo, but Patrick Beverly hasn't really done anything this series. He was decent in the last game, the Utah series, but other than that, he hasn't really been productive in the playoffs. And Rondo, once again, is a guy who could play a lot or could play a little, not at all with Tyloo's rotation. At least I know a man's going to even come off the bench, or he's going to should be starting again tomorrow. He's going to get at least a decent amount of minutes, and it can you know get you a double. About double the figures and points. So at the value, there's not a whole other options at the guard position. Yeah, to, to your point, that I was going to bring up is that the minutes for him are pretty consistent, where he's going to be on the floor for a significant amount. So at the price range, you're good to go there. Then on my other four position, I'm going Dino Gallinari. Um, Gallo's kind of been all over the place in his playoffs, but when he gets hot, he's hot. He can rebound the ball for you as well. He can knock some down some threes. I'm riding him a lot because I think that Bajanovic continues to be banged up and not really being productive for the Atlanta Hawks. They need a second score to kind of step up with Trey Young. Um, you kind of see the big men kind of struggling in the series a little bit more. Collins hasn't been as dominant, uh, especially last game as he has been in other games. And Capella has basically disappeared in a lot of ways, especially offensively. Um, so I'm going with Gallo because I think they have to have somebody else step up for Trey Young to score. And to me, he's one of the guys as a baller in the playoffs. Like I said, he can do a little bit of everything. Hope to have a big game from him. Um, I think he can get you possibly a double-double, but I'm, I'm guaranteeing that he at least gets you double-figure points. Yeah, I feel like you can kind of take your shot with any of the Atlanta forwards, essentially, because they all have that ceiling that they could all get hot at any given moment. So you kind of just kind of like a roulette table. You're, you're placing your chip on the one particular number and hoping that one comes up because they all kind of have a similar ceiling-to-floor ratio. Yeah, and I think that you're going to see him play a little bit more four. I like Kevin Herter a little bit in the lineup as well, but I think Kevin Herter sees a lot too much little holiday for my liking. So I kind of like the matchup for God a little bit better, especially when he's coming off the bench. I like it. I like it. All right. So then finally at my utility position, I got Bobby Portis. Uh, Bobby Portis had a nice little game last game that he played. $3,600. Need to kind of balance my lineup from some kind of with all the stars I have in my lineup. But I also think Bobby Portis is a guy that gets you a quiet double-double in a lot of ways. Talk about Gallo, a guy who can knock in the three, also can rebound. When, if Giannis isn't 100% healthy, as they're talking about him having some kind of, you know, tightness or whatever it is, or the game's a blowout, Bobby Portis is going to be able to have even more productive. 
but he usually gets his about 15 to 20 minutes. Um, and he's even, when he comes out, he comes out gunning. A lot of Marcus Morris does in a lot of ways. So he reminds me of him. And with Marcus Morris banged up as he is, you can't really ride him. I think Bobby Portis is kind of the guy coming off the bench for Milwaukee and being their scorer. Yeah, I mean, he's that type of guy who can come in. He might only play 20 minutes, but in that 20 minutes, he can get you 8 to 10 boards and a few buckets from the outside. So that's a good little value play there, uh, especially coming off of a more confident-building type of game in the last one. Yeah, and I think that he had uh, 17, I think, last game. and they, He would have played more if they weren't such a blowout because he was actually had was very productive until the fourth quarter when they just played all their bench guys. And then um, the game before, he had 22 and a half. So I think you have a guy who's basically a 20-point DFS floor. And like I said, if there's any kind of foul trouble with Brooke Lopez or anything happens to Giannis, you have the insurance, in my opinion, for the lineup. And I love I love Portis's upside with his ability to hit the threes and rebound. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Agreed there. Okay. I like it. I like it. Now, in my lineup, before we get into it, I'm going to call this lineup the bounce back lineup, and you're going to see why in a minute. Leading it off with Chris Paul at $8,700. First and foremost, he had an awful game, still had 43 fantasy points in the last game, even having an awful game. I suspect he'll be a little bit better at home tomorrow. That's just my assumption. I love the Chris Paul play. I tried to manipulate my lineup in so many different ways. I basically had to sacrifice Paul George to start Chris Paul. Chris Paul. But I'd love Chris Paul tomorrow. I think if you can get him in your lineup and you can figure out a way you're happy with it, I think he's a terrific play, a terrific bounce back. Like you said, he had a terrible game last game, but I expect Chris Paul to be very aggressive and has been outstanding this entire playoff series before that. I mean, the last two weeks, he hasn't been less than 43 fantasy points and usually in the yeah. 50s as well. So you're at $8,700, you're going to get the value that you need. And again, it can't be any worse than last game. He still had 43 fantasy points. So you're pretty safe there with Chris Paul at $8,700. Talking about that, we talked about Reggie Jackson. I have him in my two-guard position. We talked about Cameron Johnson. I have him in my small forward. I went a little bit cheap at the power forward position. I went with P.J. Tucker there at $3,900. Just a guy to kind of get in there. And again, at that price range, looking for somebody who can get me about 20-plus fantasy points, which P.J. Tucker has been able to do. The minutes have been there. They went down the last game, and again, they were blown out. Before that, he hasn't been less than 34 minutes in about two weeks as well. So he gets to be out there on the floor. We know he can sometimes hit the corner three. We know he's going to get a few rebounds here and there. Do just enough at that $3,900 price range to get about 20 fantasy points. That's all I'm looking for out of him. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Tucker, he's not, of course, on the offensive juggernaut, but he is one of those guys that kind of stat sheet stuffer. He can get you rebounds. He can get you some steals, even a cheap block here or there. Um you're just hoping he actually gets up more than four or five shots because sometimes he doesn't shoot the ball at all. But the minutes are definitely there, so I understand the play because, like I said, like you were saying, he's been basically averaging 30 to 35 minutes a game, and he's definitely going to be out there most of the time. Yeah, and just allows me to make other moves. Now, another bounce-back player. You actually kind of mentioned him a little bit. Clint Capella, putting him back in my lineup. 
$6,400, it's hard for me to ignore the value. That's ultimately what this came down to here, especially a guy who, even when he's not playing well, can still rack up a double-double in any given moment. He racked up a double-double in game one, had 44 fantasy points in that one. He hasn't been the Clint Capella of the regular season. That much has been for sure, especially throughout this series and this lineup. But again, I'm going with the bounce-back version here with Clint Capella at $6,400 to get me a double-double in this game tomorrow. Yeah, Clint Capella has been a little bit inconsistent offensively. He's definitely always been on the boards. He's always, you know, blocking a shot here or there. I think the key for him to be as productive as you'd like him to be is that Collins doesn't play as much at the four or five um, because if Gallo's out there and Capella can be the roller versus Collins being the roller, that, it's, that sets him up to get the points that you're looking for. What he's struggling with a little right now is that he's drawn out on defense with Brooke Lopez basically standing behind the three-point line and can't really get involved as much as he would like to. And then offensively with – Collins kind of filling the lane. He's kind of left to kind of just stand there and hope they get off the rebound here or there. But you're hoping that Collins, like the first game, you know, Collins wasn't involved in the pick and roll action. There's a lot more Capella. That's what they kind of need for him to get bounced back. Game you're looking for. I think there's a good chance you're going to see him bounce back to that again. I kind of expect Atlanta to bounce back a little bit going back at home to begin with on top of it. So I think for some of these players, that'll really portray well for them. Uh, another guy that I didn't expect to go with, but he can't want up being a pretty good value here at $4,400. Went with Cam Reddish. Came back first game in months and had 17 minutes, 16 fantasy points, 11, 11 points actually on there. I'm going to guess that Cam Reddish might actually get a few more minutes again in this game. And at $4,400, somebody who can get hot, who I think will get you 20-plus fantasy points at home tomorrow. Yeah, I think Cam Reddish is one of those very much a hit-or-miss player in a sense, where he got his minutes last game beat a lot because there was a blowout, and there was talk before the game that McMillan wasn't really sure how much he was going to play him at all if he's going to be in a rotation. But with the, you know, Jonovich injury, with the game that has kind of been flowing, I do think they need Cam Reddish to step up. He's definitely somebody coming off that bench to kind of be another scorer. So Cam Reddish definitely could be that guy that I think has an awesome chance to take. Yeah, he. I'm taking the swing on him as he's going to be that player for me that's going to, if he hits could be the reason why you win a tournament because he, he's going to be that kind of a home run swing value play. I was just impressed that he actually they let him play 17 minutes in that game, regardless of the situation and that he looked fairly good, fairly sharp on top of it. So I just think he's going to have a little bit of a role and I'm willing to take that shot here with Cam Reddish at that second guard spot, keeping on the comeback trail, the bounce back trail. Well, Chris Middleton, $8,800 in that second forward spot. Hopefully, he's going to get you more. When you're paying $8,800, you want him to have a floor of about 40 fantasy points. It's been about 30 and 37 the first two games. I think this game, though, he looked a little bit better last game. I think this game, we see a bit of a hot streak. Chris Middleton, we know he can get hot at any given moment. I think it's going to be on him and Atlanta, not Giannis so much for this game for Milwaukee to get the offense going. I'm expecting a bounce back game out of Chris Middleton in this one. Yeah, I'm, first of all, Chris Middleton really can't play any worse than he has been, especially in exactly. the first game. Um, but I also think Milwaukee kind of has this thing going on with their, their secondary players where one steps up each other uh, every other game in a sense. So Holiday had his big game last game. I kind of expect that you might be right. Middleton might have his big game this game because it seems how it's kind of worked for Milwaukee the entire offseason. I mean, I'm sorry, postseason, I should say. Um, so I do think Middleton has an excellent opportunity to have a bounce back. And really talk about a guy who's a mismatch. He should be able to light this, you know, light up Atlanta in a lot of ways. So I think that basically he was making his shots, and he'll be right back up there as one of the top DFS scorers. 
And he's going to be one of the top end players that will actually be a contrarian play, I believe, for most tournaments because of the very streaky play that he's had, especially the first two games of this series. So you're going to be a little bit of a contrarian play with one of the higher up studs in this as well. And I'm expecting a bounce back in that game. Last but not least, another bounce back I'm expecting is DeAndre Ayton. At, again, kind of like Clint Capella, $6,900 comes in at a value. And even though he's not playing great, it's still a guy who could you know, just fall into a double double with the way he's been with the way he's utilized and his role and his minutes and all of that. I mean, we're still talking first three games here. He hasn't been less than 33 fantasy points, has a ceiling of 48 in the second game. All he's got to do is get you that double double, which he's always, always a threat to do. In fact, he should have three double doubles. He missed it by one rebound in two games in order to get there. I think, again, Phoenix in general bounces back on Monday after that performance. So I expect everybody to play better at home, including DeAndre Ayton at $6,900. That's the value for me. Yeah, I think DeAndre Ayton needs to get fired up for this game. He was very fired up for the last series versus Gobert, and he basically most dominated Gobert in a lot of ways. I think maybe he took his time dealing with Zubak in some senses. Maybe after Zubak had such a big game last game, I expect that Aiton should be aggressive and he should come out with, you know, trying to prove that he's still a star as he keeps talking about in the media where he you know, kind of feels like he's undervalued and underappreciated. So I think that you have a great play in that sense where he's got his back against the wall. He's got a little chip on his shoulder. The little key for him usually though is with Chris Paul and Booker when they're both out there, sometimes they take too many shots for him to get involved as they would like him offensively. But, as you pointed out, he's a rebounding machine. He should be a lot more dominant, I think, defensively this game as well. I think that you can get a, a maybe three or four blocks in this game, which might actually you know, be really productive and big for you DFS-wise. And he should be getting a lot more offensive rebounds as well, should. putting in some points. Well, Zubac shouldn't be having to get 16 rebounds against him. That's, exactly. That's where I think that's, 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 I think that's, where, I think that's where you're going to see Eaton should have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, and he's, he needs to prove, like, you know, you're good against the star players, great. Also, you need to be you know, good against the guys who are just average players in a sense. 100% agree. So those are our lineups. Hopefully find some good analysis from that. Make sure you're joining the free DC's DFS Challenge Tournament, the last one. Last week, guys. Come on. Get last, in there. And no one's beaten the host so far. So you will actually have a very good chance. If you're able to win tonight, you will actually have a very good chance to walk away with the championship football from Mr. Ch- on right after the commercial. So make sure you guys stay tuned to the DC's DFS Challenge Tournament here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network at WWSRN, also presented to you by Belly Up Sports. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is DC's DFS Challenge on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Hi, this is Terry Hey yo, and welcome back into the DC's DFS Challenge on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, WWSRN, also presented to you by Billy Up Sports. We just went over our DraftKings lineup cards for the last time this year, Chris and I. But joining the show now is Mr. Chaz Filardi, who you could possibly win the championship football from if you actually are able to beat the host in the last week of June. Chaz, how you doing today? How much does that contest cost again? Zero. Uh, Zero. Free. Free. free the best word in the world. I, I usually I usually take advantage of free things. Absolutely. Everybody should. What have you been taking advantage of besides that this weekend so far, Chaz? Well, it's a weird Saturday night, right? There's uh, the Padres are playing good baseball. San Francisco is the bomb. That's the only two games left. And then the, the, the hockey's already 
Boy, a future bet on Montreal would have been a nice thing, huh? Who would have thought? <laughs> you know, we talk a lot of hockey on our show, and, and there was no way. They, both guys said, not one, two. There's no way Montreal's beating them, and they beat him. So, uh, you know what? They played the games for a reason. No matter what the number, I tell people, just because it says minus 370 in front of a, and it could be a UFC fighter, it could be DeGrom, it could be, you know, a team without the points in, in football or basketball. Bottom line is minus 370s are supposed to win. But if they did every time, Vegas wouldn't have all those lights. That's right. That's why it's called gambling, because anything can happen at the end of the day. But we try to teach how to be smarter gamblers along the way as well. Uh, speaking of bounce backs, Chris, I'm looking at the updated score right now. It looks like Phoenix is trying to come out strong anyway. 39-26 as we get midway through the second quarter in L.A. at the moment. Yeah, I heard the Clippers are 3 for 13 from three-point line right now, so they're not shooting the ball so well. Maybe pan Pandemic P is not showing up like you want them to. <laughs> I will say right now, though, it's plus six and a half on the Clippers side. If you want to do a live bet, I'd be kind of interested in that because I don't think this is going to wind up being a blowout. So plus six and a half right now, I'll be able to jump on that for the Clippers. Something I kind of would be interested in just to throw that out there while that game's going on at the moment. I personally have had some situations where I looked at that same stat because I look at team stats, Chris, and I'm looking and they're, they're shooting terrible. So they got to get better. So I bet the over and then they never got better. <laughs> <laughs> It's, that's another part of gambling. Sometimes they don't think you, they don't do what you think they're gonna do. Yeah, the yeah. over under right now is sitting at two hundred two, uh, as we got a lower scoring game right now for 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 this one. Man, I might be a little interested in actually putting some action on that myself too. I'm hitting that over because I do think this thing opens up in the second half. What do you think about that, Chad? Do you think you would go in over for this game? That's kind of low scoring for well, these I, teams. I, at this point in time. I I would not. I would let the five minutes run and look at it at halftime again and then i guess i will because i'll be on the air with you guys so we'll talk <laughs> five minutes now five minutes of basketball time in the first half is not that long five minutes of basketball time in the second half at the end of the game amazing a long time <laughs> yes it is for five minutes of nba basketball you'll be blue so many fouls, so many fouls to stop that clock. It's actually dropping now to 199, so getting better and better odds. So maybe holding off for now until you can. Uh, so that that's what's going on live at the moment. For tomorrow, we do have the Atlanta game, the Bucks game. Uh, right now, Atlanta at home underdogs plus four. I'm smashing that. I'm smashing them at home at plus four right now. My son told me. There's no way anybody bets, beats Milwaukee. He said that right before they got beat. I think they didn't get beat. <laughs> <laughs> well, they he look. looked like Coach Nostradamus the second game. So, I, you know, th those are tough. When, when it gets down to the very last series, that's the beauty of championshipfootballs.com. I never have to stress on betting the championship game or the Super Bowl for football because my mind is on who's going to win and getting the footballs ready. So it works out real well. When, when there's, when there's the, the last four teams are left, the final four of any playoffs, it's tough. And, and sometimes that in-line action, like you said, hopping on and under, you know, uh, an over 199 when it was like 220, wasn't it, to start the game? Yeah. yeah. That's what you got to do sometimes. But uh, there's nothing wrong with watching these games and enjoying it. There's plenty of stuff to bet on. While it's going on, yeah, absolutely. I just – with this – Playoffs is gone, especially with Atlanta in particular. 
when it looks like they shouldn't win another game, they they find a way to make an adjustment or at least enough of an adjustment the following game. Milwaukee has been, in my opinion, incredibly inconsistent ever since the Miami series. So that's why I'm looking at this game and I'm saying, you know what, this lines up where Atlanta's going to be four point underdogs. Give me, give me the points. What do you think, Chris? So I want to say Milwaukee's going to win, but to your <laughs> point, I feel like I've been against Atlanta every series so far, and I've basically expected them to get swept the last series or losing five. Um, so I'm going to probably abstain from this one because I just feel like my heart says Milwaukee, but it doesn't matter. This it seems to be because Atlanta just seems to pull the rabbit out of their butt every, every once in a while, somehow, some way and keeps advancing. So as Chaz kind of pointed out, when you get to those final couple of teams, it gets a little bit more difficult to pick. I look for the over in that game. Is, is there, you have a the over on that, that game, game is set at 224 at the moment. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I found the over on that game. I definitely. I mean, I would over. too. I was certain. Especially you know, the way these two teams are playing. Chris wasn't the only one. You know, never given Atlanta their due. They haven't been a favorite in their last ten games. They've no. every single game. They got a lot of dumb. One, two, three, four. They've won six of ten. Gotten points every single time. Points at home, man. That's a lot. Points at home. And yeah, it's it's because the matchup. You look at these teams on paper. Atlanta should not be able to hang with Milwaukee because they shouldn't be able to defend Milwaukee. But Milwaukee has been incredibly inconsistent offensively. On top of Atlanta playing better defense, I think most people expected them to be able to do so. I think it's been a big part of it. And I also think Milwaukee hasn't been as good defensive as a team as they have been historically the last couple no. of years either. Um, so you see it. That's why I go over the over in this game, because I do feel like Atlanta hasn't really been stopped. Trey Young kind of shot poorly last game, but Milwaukee hasn't really played great defense at all this, this postseason. No Clippers game now moving up to plus nine and a half as the Phoenix Suns have a 44 to 29 lead now and the overrunner dropping to 196 and a half at the moment as well. So just kind of keeping an eye on that as we get closer and closer uh, to halftime. I would jump on the over in that game in the second half. Second half, Chaz to comment on it because I think that's a, it's a second half definitely to bet on. And that's yeah, but I'm watching. I'm watching. And, you know, Kawhi Leonard, just having him on a team makes the team a little bit better than when he's oh, on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? So I'm not quite sure. I, I just and, – and Paul George has had some good moments. He really has. But he's – I mean, Kawhi Leonard every single time. Every single time. There's no picking and choosing when he plays. He plays good every single time. It's very true. I tell you what, who's who's been stepping up, and you got to give him some due is Trey Young. He's been stepping up these playoffs, especially this series in in particular. There's nothing he's not doing at the moment. Impressive. I know Chris hates him, but Impressive. there's nothing he's not doing at the moment. Impressive, you know. 
Yes, he's been impressive. Trap him. <laughs> Trap him, that's all I have to say. Trap <laughs> well, him, let's see what happens. You know, they had talked about that. <laughs> I saw in the news, they had talked about, you know, the, the losses on me. Well, part of the issue is he really has, he's been more than 20% of the team when he's out there. He's he's picking yeah. up a third of the of the activity. He's hustling, he's shooting, he's playing, he's just doing really, really well. Well, he's so, playing you know, more like a true point guard, too. not just so, a score. Play, you know? And that's what's been yeah. coming down to. He's, he's learned how to distribute all of a sudden on a no, more he, on a more efficient level. He has been, and he, when he does, when his shot's not falling, he tries to continue to be aggressive with the free throw line and try to get other guys involved. Um, I do think he can shoot you out of a game as much as he can put you in a game. He reminds me of a longer range AI in a lot of ways. Like I was never as big as an AI fan as a lot of people were. I give him credit for being a hell of a competitor, um, but I also think he could lose games as much as he could win games for you. And I have Trey Young kind of reminds me the same way. Now Trey Young's been on a great run. You know, AI had that great run to beat the Lakers, get to the finals that one year. Um, not to beat the Lakers, but get to the finals, play the Lakers. But I do think Trey Young's kind of on a similar path right now where he's dealing a little bit of everything and the team kind of, you know, revolves around him. And they are playing well with him. Yeah, like you said, he's got a much longer range. never a shot that Iverson didn't like, ever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, Trey Young's not far behind. Uh, funny. He does have a longer range, though. It's the one that makes him a little bit oh, yeah. more dangerous in, 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 that, in that sense, though. Uh, hey Chaz, when, what are the, uh, you've been looking at any of your baseball bets for for tomorrow? I know you mentioned the Giants and the Padres well, tonight, know, but you got anything lined up for tomorrow? Yeah, one of the things that we talk about is is when it, things are going well, and and I think today we had Houston early, and it was a seven seven inning game because they got rained out yesterday, and and they they did nothing for us, but we haven't had a loser since we had actually we had a couple parts. We had St. Louis in the under in that one, and we had Toronto in the over in that one. We had Texas. We had Atlanta team total under. Uh, we had the Mets. That was a, a squeaker. They walked it off. Uh, we're sitting with the Dodgers. We got the Dodgers. They're two two. We got the Cubs team total under, which is I think three and a half or maybe even four and a half. So that's looking good. And so we're doing real well with the baseball. But that's the beauty of it. When if you win Friday, when you wake up Saturday, okay, you got a pretty good idea what you're doing because it ain't broke. You don't fix it, but. You still got to go through the easy sports data because you got the new pitchers and pitchers will change things. But when it comes to what the team is doing in terms of whether they're not scoring, like Atlanta's not scoring, St. Louis is not scoring. Today, St. Louis is not scoring, but they're playing a team who's not scoring more, which is kind of like you're, you're, you're double negative there. They're not scoring more. <laughs> and so it was, I, I won a bet where I had the team total under for the winning team. Which is kind of weird. You don't think about that. You know, I, I think the team's going to win, but I, don't, I like the under, and I don't think they're going to score a lot of points. So it was really what we call uh, an all bet. It was a you know six bets a game dot com special where you bet under team totals for both teams, under for the game, uh, and then I added St. Louis and I had them on the money line as well as on the run line. So it just was a three to one win when you're betting baseball. It's a pretty good win because you got, yeah, you're, you're, I had the team total under, so I hit every one, but three to one, you're covering the run line too. And most times you got to have the run line nowadays. These lines are crazy. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm betting three teamers with my chalk. I go through my, I go through all these plays from the easy sports data.com program and I'll pick what I think are the best teams. And they're always the big favorites. So, you got to use the run line because when I do, when I do the money line, you know, five dollars gets me like you know a dollar. <laughs> right, exactly. It's not, it's not worth it at that point. Money. I'm not doing that. That ain't happening. 
No, I, yeah, I'm 100 with you. You're also you have another new show. I always have sports betting weekly on Thursday, which is live betting, and you can always can always cash tickets immediately. But now you got a show coming out on Wednesday afternoons to kind of break down the easy sports data. And that's very similar, guys, to what we're talking about right now with, you know, what? well, it's not going to be picks. And remember, Thursday's show is live action because normally we would not be on the air. We went full time. We usually just talk football. There's plenty of talk about th- Thursday for football between college and the pro. And, of course, the game is on when, when we're on the air, so that works out well. But when with this show that we're doing, we're basically going to be looking at the data and telling people what's happening. So you could really benefit from it as well, but it isn't as time sensitive. So, you know, I tell people all the time, listen, if you don't want to watch your show on Thursday, that's none of my business. I don't really care. All I can do is give out winners. If you don't want them, you don't want them. You know what? (laughs) God bless you. You got either you're a better handicapper than we are, but we cash tickets. I mean, we cashed a ticket this week on a team that was getting no hit. It was a no hitter. Our team was losing. They were getting no hit. We won because we we're getting a half a run. It was zero zero. It was nice. the first five inning. So I thought, how, how do you win with no? Uh, but we just we just had, we had another great great show. And of course, we're cashing tickets on the show. But some weeks, not as many. This week, we did really good. We I, I had a couple of hockey bets. We hit the. Uh, we waited until about ten minutes in. It was still nothing on in the first period. We hit point five and one point five, and they scored both goals. And we always set it up so as long as you get that first live play, you're good. So if I if if it's an over that I'm playing in live action for the basketball game, I'm going to go pretty high with one. I'm going to take whatever they normally give you, like five or six, right? So say we'll use the 200 because that's where about where it was. Say they go 205, it's plus 327, and, you know, 189 is minus 400. I'm going to go somewhere, you know, about minus 200 for a big play, and if I win that, I'm going to I'm going to bet what I would win on the risk on the bigger one. So as long as I hit the first one, I'm good. I get my money back. I play again. That's why they call it gambling. But when the second comes in at plus three sixty seven or, you know, plus two ninety seven, whatever that number is, that's like hitting a parlay with that second play. Yeah. Well, Chaz, I, I was going to say, I really like how you kind of put, talked about the stats that, you know, it doesn't matter you watch Thursday or when you watch, you just get the numbers. I know for myself this year, baseball has been something I can't stay on top of necessarily day in, day out. And I, so sometimes I kind of fall behind on what's who's pitching or who, what the matchups are. And I kind of go with my gut of like, you know, historically this team's better, this team's better. Um, so I like the fact that you're kind of your easy sports data kind of helps keep people, you know, their thumb oh, on the pulse in a sense. Without having to watch from day to day. I will get off the show and I will have to create the results for today, which will include, of course, the first five inning lines, the results, who, who's the, the starting pitcher. All we care about is a starting pitcher. If you're on the mound, again, we talked about that previously. You know, some of these pitchers now uh, on those weird days where they're using the bullpen, they'll go, you know, an inning and a half. They made a rule, right? They changed the rule. You got to pitch with at least three guys. So, yeah. but, but what happens is the data just jumps right off the page at you. You can see, you see teams aren't scoring. And I just keep betting Atlanta's team total under. They're winning games, and I'm betting their team total under, and I'm cashing. Same thing with St. Louis. So that's the kind of stuff that the Wednesday show will bring. Don't get me wrong. It is designed for you to give us money so you get the data too. And then you learn how to read it together, or you follow us, because we talk about a lot of the things on the show. It really doesn't take much when you see a team doing the same thing on the road that they're doing at home. 
It, 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 when you when a team's doing it, wherever they're doing it, and Houston was like that. Houston was, was I mean, they cost me a couple of bucks today, but I can't complain because they were treating me very, very well for the last 10 days or so. And that's what will happen. You listen to the show on Wednesday or you watch the show on Wednesday. It's not live. It's, it's a recording, but we're covering the data, and it's the real data we're talking about. So if we say the Cubs aren't scoring, well, you can bet the Cubs team total under – because you just look and see, you could watch the show on Friday, right? And, and look at the box scores and say, hey, what he said is still true. Because it could be. Some teams, look at Arizona. They haven't, run a, they haven't won a, a road game, I don't know, in a long, long time. Yeah. Why would? Don't worry about the odds. The odds are only relevant to if you lose. I don't care if they're minus 1,700. If, you, if they lose 29 in a row... You're going to do okay if they lose one at minus 1,700 because you don't need to, 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 to win a lot of plays when a team is losing. You don't need to – you just keep it small and, 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 and next. You could let it ride. Wes on our show, he likes to do that. He likes to let it ride. So where I, I do the open parlays, and they're getting tricky. Like They won't let you open parlay these seven-inning doubleheaders. Okay. Even if you do like the first game and then you try to fill it with the second game, they say, nah, 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 nah. And that's part of the house advantage. The house advantage is really, hey, that's not in our best interest, so you can't do it. Oh, crap is that? <laughs> if only if only we could have a fair sports book out there, maybe one day we'll be able to create one. Who knows? Uh, at the half, Phoenix Suns 50, Clippers 36 as we head into the second half there. So it'll be real interesting opening up in that game. Chaz, you mentioned that, you know, on Thursdays especially, we'll be talking a lot of football. I'm glad you mentioned that because this show will be becoming the MD's Fantasy Football Show at the start of the football season. So we'll still be here on Saturday nights at front at 9.30 on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, still being presented by Belly Up Sports, but it will be the MD's Fantasy Football Show, DFS DraftKings lineups for football and our football bets, of course. The reason that's changed is because we won't be covering basketball next year. It will end at the end of football season there, but it will be in addition to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. So that'll be five days a week, those uh, or five episodes a week, I should say, for that show. You're going to see Chris and I all throughout the week on that one. You also catch him on Belly Up Fantasy Live at 8.30 on Tuesdays as well. So we'll be busy that, beavers that throughout the football Saturday season. Show. Yeah, that football Saturday show is great because not only is it fun, but like the games are right. Like they're kicking off the Oregon games and the USC games sometimes. Oh, yeah. State games. And there's still a lot of football left when you're talking. And you still have all the NFL games that we get to talk about the next day too. So yeah, Saturday yeah. shows of football season are, are jam packed in fact we have a hard time actually keeping it to just an hour of content uh with those so we'll be doing that though next year again so this show will be coming the mds football show the tournament will still be there we'll still be doing Chaz will still be graciously giving us championship footballs to give away each month for drawings you'll still have to beat the hosts that's still going to be the trick but they will still be there we'll break down everything we possibly can to help win you guys some money another thing so going on go ahead Chaz. well i'm saying we talked about it. So let me look at this because I'm looking at this halftime line. I'm looking at the, the, the halftime stats. And, and, and the, the problem is so many of these games have been tales of two halves. Teams have been up big like this. All year it's been like that from one quarter to another. But in the playoffs where the defense, as you guys have told me, the defense really did kick it up a notch with, with these uh, NBA playoffs. But the, the, it's so hard. To, to put a, your money on a team that 
just stunk that bad for what 24 minutes. 24 minutes. 24 minutes. The Clippers just stunk real bad. Now they're given three and a half. So the over under is, is 110, which is kind of confusing because the, the, the line is minus 110. So, boy, if you're new to sports betting, that's probably a pretty complicated little 110. <laughs> Why are they both 110? doesn't make any sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, 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 you know, the, here's the thing. The, the one that jumps out at me is what do you think is going to happen? So I'm going to – I'll start with Chris. Chris, what do you think is going to happen in the second half? I think ultimately the Suns will win, but I think the Clippers are going to come out on a run. That's why I think the score is going to be higher. Like, I think it's going to be a higher second scoring second half than the first half. I think that the teams are kind of feeling out of each other. Um, and I think Clippers can't really shoot much more poorly than they have been in a lot of senses. So I expect the Clippers to kind of come out in the third quarter, have a run, keep it close in the fourth quarter. Ultimately, Phoenix should win, but I think it's going to get much closer. They, they are 13 of 44. Yeah, exactly. 30%. It's 29 it's hard to be much worse. I think you're also going to see the Clippers come out and play a lot of small ball in the second half. They're going to really open things up, which is just going to be a lot of the points to go both ways, frankly, too. To me, the key to the NBA, when a team shoots that poorly and they're still within striking distance, that's usually when they still come back and make it a game because if they're shooting that poorly and they're not getting blown up by 20 or 30 points at the halftime, you usually see a second half is much closer. And they right. make and, no and, mistake, 14 points is much, very much within striking distance. Oh, well, oh my God, it's a run. It's a run. You're absolutely well, especially right. Suns, Suns, only have 50, Suns only have 50 points. That's where I think it's – overall the games has been lower scoring. I think well, that favors a lot I'm, of that's ways. I'm, so I'm looking at the team totals, and, and it, the Clippers are 56-and-a-half, and the Suns are 53-and-a-half. I, I, I think I'm going to watch. I think I'm going to watch. Um, I may, I may, you know, we'll see. We've still got 11 minutes. It'll probably kick tip off before we are off the air. But I, I think I'm going to watch. But if I was doing anything, I, I'd be loaning it on the over 53 and a half. Like you said, the Suns, you know, we'll talk about how the Clippers are shooting. The Suns only got 50 points. 50 points isn't great. No, they only had 21 points in, in the, the second quarter. So if I was leaning anything right now, I think I'd be leaning over 53 and a half for the Suns because if the Clippers do make a run, the Suns are going to have to keep up with them. And 53 and a half, the Suns should do that. They should do yeah. that every half. So we'll see what happens. I may have talked myself into it, actually. I think I did. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely, I was, I'm definitely on board with that bet, Chaz. Yeah, I'm, I'm going in. There you go. Cat. Well, while you're punching in that ticket, the other thing going on this summer that I want you guys to be all aware of is the second annual Belly Up Charity Bowl tournament with Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation. We are trying to raise money in the fight against childhood cancer. Basically, all you got to do is go to BellyUpFantasySports.com, hit the tab for the Belly Up Bowl, and you can sign up, fill out the sheets. We're going to take 214. It's going to be across 17 leagues, $20 entry fee. Off that $20, You'll be able to compete for a first-place prize of $1,200, a second-place prize of $400. If you win the league, you'll win your entry fee back. But this will allow us to make over a $2,000 donation to the Alex Lemonade Stand Foundation, along with playing as some of the best of the best analysts out there in a best ball tournament, which is always a lot of fun because all you have to do is draft, and then that's it. You don't have to have any more of a commitment. So this will not take much of your time, and it's for a great cause as well. That so is very excited to keep that going. What about that? Yeah. So now, Chris, we're looking at, depending on how this game goes, we got the Monday game because I'll be part of the DC's DFS Challenge Tournament, uh, the Monday game between Phoenix and the Clippers. That game will be back in Phoenix. 
does the lid come off? Because we had the lid in the second half. I mean, in the first half, most of these games in the first half, I felt like though so far have tend to be lower scoring anyway. But does the lid come off a little bit when they go to Phoenix? Um, I think so because I think I think Chris Paul has to kind of get back in his little groove, and I think once the Sun starts scoring, I think that you'll see them you know, kind of start flowing more. Um, one thing I think about the NBA is. Just like hitting can be contagious in baseball, I think shooting can be contagious in basketball. When teams both shoot poorly or scoring, it seems like they both just can't do anything. But once one team gets hot, the other team seems to kind of match it. So that's why, like I said, I think six half is going to be a hot scoring. I wouldn't be surprised if the next game against Phoenix and the Suns are more more smoother and so, still continue to adjust. Devin Booker gets used to wearing that mask. Um, I think that they're going to have to score more points, and I think the Clippers will kind of keep up with them as accordingly. The Milwaukee Bucks... They should win this series. They should win this. I oh, have yeah. him in six. I still had him in six. Everyone. I still had him in six. I still going to have him in them in six. But man, I, I tell you what, there's a lot of outside distractions with the Milwaukee Bucks right now because all anybody could talk about is that if Atlanta wins this series, who the next coach is going to be. I mean, that conversation is already getting brought up, even though it, the, the series is tied at one apiece. Well, first of all, we have to give Nate McMillan incredible credit for Atlanta just making this run as it is. I mean, oh, yeah. this is a team that fired their coach midway through the season because they were struggling. Nate McMillan's basically taken them over and, and got them here right now. Um, so I think he actually has to get a lot of kudos for where he is. And there's a lot of talks about he won't actually remain the coach of Atlanta next year, because, even though Atlanta wants him to be. He's thinking about looking for something else possibly up higher in the, uh, in the, in the organization. But having said that, yeah, I think that there's a lot of distractions, but we've heard this from out of Milwaukee the last couple of years. Um, they're expected to win for the two or three years now, and every time they come up short, everybody has to have you know, their scapegoat in a sense. The holiday trade's a big trade. They made a big move, so I think they expect to kind of pay off. Um, but I also think that if it, they were to lose with Atlanta, there's a lot of teams that lost Atlanta in this, in this postseason that were supposed to beat them, so it's going to be kind of interesting to see how that would play out. Yeah, I, I think it would be interesting as well. I think it's interesting that uh, Jason Kidd took over the coaching job in Dallas, no more Rick Carlisle there. I think it's interesting that Chauncey Billups taking over the Portland job. You got any opinions on those two? First of all, I think Dallas is a good miss Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle is a hell of a coach. I mean, everywhere he's going, he's won. And he's been able to take talent teams with lesser talent and keep them competitive year in, year out. Dallas isn't really loaded. So I'm kind of curious to see what Jason Kidd does. He's kind of flared. He's kind of flamed out the last two stops he's had. He did an okay job with the Nets. Didn't do such a great job after that. Um, you know, he got kind of rode the coattails of Lakers last year. And, you know, because they want to ring, he's got an opportunity to kind of get back into the coaching again. I'm kind of curious to see, is he actually the answer in Dallas? Um, Chauncey Billups, I'm, I have no idea how to evaluate that move. I'm excited he gets the opportunity. I'm glad it's not the same old, same old retreads guys. But I also don't know what Chauncey Billups really knows about when it comes to coaching. Um, you know, I get to listen to him, you know, comment at halftime, stuff like that. I always disagree with him, but I think that maybe it'll be kind of interesting to see how he kind of runs a team. Um, I do think that it's important that that somebody Dan Lillard wanted. So that part to me is probably the most important thing about him getting the job is that Dan wanted it, Dan willing to stay if they get a great coach. Then I think that was a good move. I think it's a big reason why they went Chauncey over Mike D'Antoni, who apparently. You know, the brass at least really liked what the Mike D'Antoni had to say for that team. But again, going with Billups, to your point, to make Damian Lillard happy, I think is very interesting. 
Yeah, I agree. I think that you got to keep the superstar there and you got to keep him happy. I think that's the most important. And I think Terry Stotts isn't a bad coach either. I think he got kind of a raw deal in Portland. That team was in super loaded in talent. They have two good two blood players in the backcourt. Nurchich is a pretty good center, but that's about it. So I think he's never kind of raw either. deal. So it's not like you always he's have not. him available. And Terry Stotts has been a winner where he's gone too. And he reminds me a lot of Rick Carlisle in a lot of ways, where every time he goes somewhere, he can basically makes them competitive and keeps them in afloat. Portland shouldn't ever been considered a true contender the last couple of years and somehow they keep acting like they should get better and better and i don't understand why because other than demon like cj like i said that team really hasn't upgraded a whole lot of talent wise the last few years so just because they made a nice run a couple of years ago doesn't guarantee you're going to continue to make that run if you don't add better players no I completely agree again i just want to reiterate click the link in the comments below Wherever you're watching us on social media at Billy Up Fantasy free. at WWSRN, it's a free tournament and it's the last chance until September to try to win a championship football from this man, Mr. Chaz Filardi. Chaz, what are, you, what are you scoping out right now? I can see, I can see the calculating. I can see the steam coming out of the head. Chavez Ravine, it is two-two. I have the Dodgers, so I just need a walk-off. I'll take a two-run blast. If- they're going to give it to me, but I'll take the W. But one thing I wanted to mention about the coaching carousel, and, and Chris mentioned, uh-oh, uh-oh, oh Nope, never mind. You know what? <laughs> when you're at the game, you know right away when it's, a, it's an out, but when you're watching on TV and he swings hard, you never know. Uh, but one of the things he mentioned is the, the coaching carousel, and I love so many times you see the desperate move by a GM who hired a guy to begin with, right, letting that guy go with really no repercussions on his end because, you know, the bottom line is you hired him. (laughs) Now you have to fire him to save your butt. And then eventually, because it really does take an awful lot for a GM to get canned. They can go through three or four coaches at some point in time. Especially in the NBA. How about David Griffin? Yeah. Because this guy is turning through coaches in Cleveland and New Orleans like they're like, you know, like it's cereal. He's picking out each morning. It's incredible. (laughs) Yeah, especially in the NBA. Now, the NFL doesn't really work that way. I guess baseball is hard to get the GM fired, too, I was, I guess. But I feel like the NBA is the most difficult one where they just seem to outlast these coaches much more than the other sports do. Yeah, no doubt about it. Of course, in baseball, with half of it being analytics, there's almost a question, do you even need a manager with the way they actually style it in baseball, which makes the easy sports data all that much more valuable because it does become more predictive in that sense to be able to help you guys with money. I've been playing Moneyball for seven years. <laughs> that's right. And really, that's right. That's what it is. I'm just playing to the numbers. And don't get you wrong. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes it, it doesn't work. But the bottom line is numbers have no emotions. Uh, you know, Moneyball is not about, you know, uh, the, the money itself, really. It's just about if you can find the data that says, hey, why pay this when I could for half get this? And you're getting like 80%. So for half the money, I'm getting like 80% of the production because, again, things like walks and on base percentage. I've watched a lot of baseball this summer. A pitcher who starts early and has men on base and has those you know difficult innings, they have a term for them. There it is. There it is. That one ain't in the yard. That one ain't in the yard. We are see you in L.A. <laughs> there you go. Chaz always pulling off the magic. Bellinger had a nice run. I did that one. I know how I knew. The first one, I couldn't tell because they cut right to the ball, but it looked like a good swing. This one, Bellinger didn't move. Uh, you know what? Tatis, you saw Tatis. But I know. Tatis hit that home run the other night. It was, I think it was the second one. might have been the third one. I don't know. He had three in a row. 
But uh, they didn't move. Not a, didn't move. And it really wasn't that far out. But that was a, that was a nice win for me because now I am live. And I am live in a few parlays because I had the Dodgers. I had them at some – I think I got them in open parlays as well. So I'll take the W. And, and that's the thing. Uh, you know, it's a team that's a big favorite like them shouldn't win three to two in the bottom of the ninth. But you know what? Sure beats tearing up the tickets. That's Absolutely. 100%. Can I, can, okay, can I ask Chad a question real quick before we move on? Chad, this might be the last time we talk to you about baseball because we're moving on to more football next and moving forward in the show. Um, but do you think there's anything that you think has to be changed to base for baseball to be more watchable in a lot of ways or improve the game? I know a lot one. Of robot umpires. If I could, Chris, I would create a, a, an army of robot umpires because I just see horrible, horrible calls, just horrible calls. And, and it's mostly strikes and balls. And, and there's just no reason for it with the technology. But then again, how do you measure a first down in the NFL, right? You get out of two sticks and a chain. What the hell am I missing there? <laughs> so, uh, that would be the first one. Baseball is, is it's so funny because remember with the steroids, it was great for everybody. Yeah, but the guys are cheating. Well, you don't know how their livers are going to be, you know. But there's a lot of guys that are going to regret taking those steroids a few years. And they're getting right probably right now is when these guys are going to start having some serious health issues. But um, but but it's so more much exciting. Baseball is horrible. I mean. I watch baseball, but I hardly ever really watch it. The Padres are pretty exciting, but I'm bouncing around and I'll have the game recorded so I can, and I'll have my, my phone. If they score, then I'll go back and see how they score to watch the play. Baseball's boring. It's just boring. I sit around waiting for football all month of July. Yeah. yeah us too, as you can tell. Uh, before we close out the show, Chaz, what you, what's coming up with you this week? Just run it down for everybody again. Well, we're, again, we're doing the Sports Betting Weekly, easy, sponsored by EasySportsData.com, and we're really excited about getting the data out there. And, and again, we're going to have it up on Belly of Fantasy, and it's just a matter of coming up with the cheat sheet. But we really – the show's starting to come together. So the first couple issue uh, episodes, we had some issues – and, and that's mostly because, you know, you give me a board and buttons. It doesn't mean I know what I'm doing. But we had a really good show last Tuesday. I just forgot to hit the record button. And it was so good that I said it was a sign from the Lord. I've been doing this a long time. So, you know, when we were on the radio, I used to do some recordings and I would play them because we were on Saturday morning, 8 o'clock, which in San Diego, if you're a young guy, you're not going to be up Saturday morning, 8 o'clock. So we would record some stuff for, through the week. And I did that. I had a nice 20-minute phone call with a guy. And I never hit record. So so we're looking forward to that show. And and mostly what we're looking forward to for that show is to get people to embrace the fact that I cash tickets every single day. I mean, I, I had a loser. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine in a row now since that first loser. Don't get me wrong. That loser changed my day because I was I had an attitude. I hate losing. <laughs> I hate losing. I really do. I hate losing. Amen. So that to look forward to. And then Chris and I will be back next Friday. 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We're continuing our team profile series with that one. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. We'll have some clips from our last show that just came out yesterday for you guys to enjoy. But make sure you're checking out all the MD's Fantasy Football Show content by subscribing to 
iTunes, iHeart, YouTube, pretty much anywhere you could possibly go or watching us on social media and connecting with us on social media at Belly Up MDFF Show. Get us on. We get you on the mailbag if you have any questions for us. We're going to get you all set up. We're getting closer and closer to the season. My rankings are all my first set of rankings, I should say, are almost done. We'll be up on the website pretty soon and we'll be getting that going and getting you guys ready for your drafts because it's right around the corner at this point. So look to check us out again next Friday from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Signing off for the last time, the DC's DFS Challenge Show. We'll see you guys come September for the next Saturday night show. As Chaz, you always like to say, always be cashing. See you guys next time. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.